Welcome to the Coached Success Podcast. This podcast is aimed at connecting you with the ways top performers think about challenges so that you can adapt your thinking accordingly and live your version of ultra extraordinary. On today's episode, I speak to the motivational speaker and coach, Denzel Pedro Smith, about the power of change. Denzel has shared the stage with some of the biggest names in motivation and personal growth, such as Les Brown, John C. Maxwell, and Robert Kiyosaki, to name a few. We speak about what led him to make the move from a successful attorney to pursue a career helping people on a more personal level. We speak about the framework that he used to ensure that he remained focused on his plan A and not to give in to thoughts of a plan B. Stay tuned. This episode is not to be missed. Denzel, thank you for joining us on the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm well, sir. Well, I'm calling from a weird, water, windy, cold winter's day in Cape Town, but I'm all good. Thanks. Beautiful. Beautiful cold weather. <laughs> um, Denzel, can you tell us who is Denzel Pedro Smith? Wow, I am. <laughs> it's always interesting when you ask someone that question mm-hmm. that um, it comes as a shock or a surprise uh, when you are the one being asked the question. Well, I, I, I consider myself a, a work in progress, developing being a young man who finally came to a point of awareness that there's more to, to him, his life and his mm-hmm. purpose than the way he was um, living his life or perceived his life to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm a work in progress, developing in order to assist other people to develop. Okay, awesome. So you say you're working process and then you're helping other people to develop as well as a coach? What exactly do you do? That is correct, yeah. As a coach, yeah. okay, awesome. And so you say that you, you're working process and when... Or when did you discover the power of, you know, personal development or discover that there is more to life and that you can take charge of it? Well, Carl, I'll, I'll say that it happened about, what, 15 years ago? 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, while I was working as a very successful attorney, mm-hmm. um, I, just, I just found that, you know, there's more to what I'm doing in that uh, I discovered that people matter to me more than their matters you know they mm-hmm. i just i just felt um that let me let me put it this way as an attorney you are not encouraged to get involved personally mm-hmm. you know so questions like how are you um how are you coping mm-hmm. are you okay it shouldn't be part of your your narrative mm-hmm. but i found that is who I was. In fact, that's who I am. So there's a caring for people and their well-being. And, and that hampered my practice as, as an attorney. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized that, no, man, uh, there's more to this. I, I'm about people. Mm-hmm. And, and that is when my perspective, my view about myself, my life, and how I, I can develop and, and just be the better and the best of me, mm-hmm. that's when it kicked in. So you said that you found that you were more interested in, in the being, the person, as opposed to the matters, okay? Um, have you always had 
a growth mindset um, approach to life? Oh no, oh no. You know, my perception of growth was um, mm-hmm. success and progress in a, in a material way, you know, having mm-hmm. achieved the the house the cars mm-hmm. the holidays and 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 so one would think of of growth in terms of um those kind of material achievements mm-hmm. only when you find that having achieved that having obtained most of those things there's still a desire there's more to life and and i remember at the age of 40 i was like living in this apartment uh Big lounge, fireplace, warm winters, wrought iron couches, um, the car, in fact, two cars, and having just the best of what you perceive to be the best, mm-hmm. but still feeling, now, man, this is, this is not it. Um, there's more to life. And I think that is where the, the introspection began f- mm-hmm. for me personally. And um, that's when my pursuit, <laughs> sounds like a line from a movie, pursuit for happiness to mm-hmm. real success started. Awesome. Awesome. So you said like, you know, um, from your approach to success, um, differed after you discovered the power of what actually fulfills you and what drives you. Um, and that's powerful because many people perceive that the material objects are going to make us happy. Or that one day, if we do get that house and that car, that everything will be perfect. But like you, like you just said, now you proof of it that you were there, but you still felt that emptiness, um, that desire for more, and that that just ignited the spark in you to obviously go through a whole process of introspection. And now you help others. How dark it was it really that it actually pushed you to move away from practicing a law? Because I mean, at the age of forty. You have been practicing for, I take it, for more than a decade. And so yeah. it must have been really dark for you to make that switch and say, you know what, I, I feel that this is really not what fills me. How did you reach that point and what was it that actually pushed you? You know, Kyle, there's, there's this thing of resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, we all say that, yeah, things must change. We're all for change until it comes to our personal change when we have to change. Mm-hmm. So there's that resistance, is that, oh, no, man, until one day I, I, and it wasn't work-related as much as it was personal happiness, um, mm-hmm. a place of loneliness, misery. Now there's more to this, okay? And, and, and that kind of pushed me. And it was, it was amazing that that place where I found myself was actually the trigger that indicated to me that I've got to change. And if I feel that people matter, I've got to change first so that I can help others change. If you know that, uh, mm-hmm. if it kind of makes sense to you. So it was that kind of thing. And then just in the practice itself, the legal practice, I remember it was the year um, 2004, December, January 2004, where it just became, nah, man, too much. I can't do this with its sincerity, I'm not doing justice to clients mm-hmm. and the practice. And I, I just closed it down. Okay. Must have been a big I step. Closed down the practice and um, downscaled it first, took it home, and from there I made the, the transition. Mm-hmm. And tell me a bit about so you say you made the transition. Um, 
I take it it wasn't just the instant, like, okay, this is my place, or how did it happen? Like, after you decided that this is not really for me, and you started doing the introspection, um, tell me a bit about that time, that period. How did you start? Because obviously, when, you, when we go through change, there's usually a challenge or the growth pains attached to it. Um, tell me a bit, a bit about, you know, the struggle, whether you should stay as an attorney, or maybe you should pursue something else, or whether you should go into to discovering yourself and helping people. Tell me a bit about that as you went through that change. Mm -hmm. You know, what was interesting during that, um, I told you about the resisting part. During mm -hmm. that time of transition, I had one matter um, where I was in a terrible um, legal battle with, with, a, with another law firm, but it wasn't regarding a client it was about my my personal life my practice and things mm -hmm. and, and there were attacks and eventually we overcame that and 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 i won and and i thought no man this is my thing this is my key this is to 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 get out and that kind of pushed me kind of out you know how we often kicked into our discomfort or uncomfortable zone mm -hmm. that that was the kind of kicking the butt for me and then I realized, man, no, I, I closed the practice, moved home. And then that transition, the battle, the struggle of making the transition started. Because now you were left with maybe a few matters, legal matters that you had to wrap up. You have to start seriously downscaling financially. Um, you have to start considering and making the sacrifices you have to have those courageous and difficult conversation with family members mm -hmm. um, and then start the journey and, and where do you begin? So, so my question was not, where do I begin? As my question was, so what am I, what is it that I want to do now? Mm -hmm. And then where do I begin? Yes. Yeah. And, and one of the, <laughs> the challenges or the triggers that 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 also pushed this was the fact that when you when you go out equipping yourself qualifying yourself as a doctor lawyer accountant whatever mm -hmm. i found that these institutions they prepare you to do a job mm -hmm. but they don't prepare you to manage yourself as a professional mm -hmm. you know so you you can maybe practice as a very good and successful attorney but you don't automatically have the skills to manage yourself as a professional mm -hmm. and it was that that kind of thing that also messed me up and that is when i started reading about how do i manage myself how do i become a better manager of myself my my, my life how do i take mm -hmm. charge of my life and I remember buying my first personal development book, Seven Steps, Highly Effective uh, People, Stephen Covey, the late mm -hmm. Stephen Covey. And, and, and that book was like, wow, it became like my Bible. Okay. <laughs> and I, I guess that is, that is where my journey started. Okay. Incredible. It sounds like, a, like you said, you had that, that, that dark time, that difficult time. And sometimes we need that, like you said, the kick in the butt before we actually make that move. And um, you at a place, you were at a place where you didn't know whether, what route to take. And um, 
you just went for it and you said you got you that book. Now tell me a bit about like, how did you know firstly that this was the right path? How did you know that coaching would okay, become so, the right path for you? Mm -hmm. Okay, so in fact, that time when I bought the book, it wasn't even about coaching. It mm -hmm. was just about equipping myself to be a better me. Mm -hmm. And I remember that it was during the years when there was a lot of opportunities and the emerging of young black entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. triple B, E, and opportunities arising. And because I was still practicing or downscaling, I often had conversations with clients, or well, clients at that time, wrapping up or friends, asking about contracts, you know, joint mm -hmm. ventures. And we would have these discussions and I would challenge them Okay. Based on what I've learned, you know, as I now made this new discoveries, gaining new insight, I would challenge them about the their differences or their approach around running a business and managing your own life. And mm -hmm. uh, and I found the stuff that I was sharing, they kind of leaned in and they mm -hmm. got kind of, oh, okay, cool. And when I saw that there are other people who could relate to this, I knew it was working. Okay. I knew it was working when, when I saw the response from others, now that is true, you know, yeah, we, we, we're not all ready mm -hmm. to, to, to manage a business because we can't even manage. A, so then I knew, then I knew this was it. Yes. When I saw like the, the, the light going on for mm -hmm. others, then I knew it was it. But I mean, then, then I was like a, a baby man. I, I, I had mm -hmm. no idea even that I was going to enter into to the field of coaching. I was just having these conversations with these guys, challenging them. And, and I think it's the, the response, seeing people lighting up and buying into this new conversation that I was having mm -hmm. that gave me the confirmation that no, this is the right thing. Yes. Okay. And um, I like that. Like you say, you just, you just went for it and you started discovering through, through, through doing introspection, you started discovering that, um, there are certain loopholes and how you can help people. And then you found out that this is actually what I want to do and what I want to pursue. And then um, how did you manage to make, or how did you manage to reassure your family and friends that you are not going crazy? <laughs> oh, well, I, I don't think I've reassured or managed to convince them that I'm not crazy because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm, yeah. So remember I said, I spoke about those courageous conversations, you know, mm -hmm. where you've got to tell the kids, like, we've got to downscale. We've got to move from this big house to a smaller apartment. Um, Friday nights or weekends are going to be different. It's not going mm -hmm. to be pizzas, movies, and, and, and it's now going to be either one of them. Mm -hmm. So what I've learned, Kyle, was when you make a transition like that, mm -hmm. It's important to get the buy-in from those closest to you. Mm -hmm. And 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 I I think it was this grace because I'm not all that wise. I it was this grace that I had those conversations. Mm -hmm. So that well, later when the when the yoga did the fan, when the struggle real, I I have them or had them in my corner supporting me instead of turning around saying, Yeah, we told you so. Yes. You know? yeah. Yes, that's always good. So, so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's really important. I know that for a fact that if you're going to make a major 
change in your life, especially one that affects uh, family members and loved mm -hmm. ones, get their buy-in, consult them. Mm -hmm. um, you don't want their approval because or, or they don't know what you're venturing in. They don't yes. understand mm -hmm. your new journey. You don't even understand mm -hmm. it fully yet. But I think if people know you and they trust you, they'll buy into you and they'll support you. That's, so that's, that is what I've experienced. Yeah. Yeah, that's really valuable, really valuable insight to share in there because, um, like you say, sometimes our decisions affect our more than just ourselves, our partners, our kids. And if we don't get there by in it could lead, uh, lead to problems down the road when things don't work out the way that we projected it to be in that time frame. And then um, now back to earlier, you mentioned about your kids. Um, you needed to have that courageous conversations with them. Tell me a bit about um, how did you adopt or didn't any of them adopt the perspective of you being selfish? Because, I mean, people see, could look at it in that particular way. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh yes. Oh, yes. Um, well, none of them told me mm -hmm. um, or had the guts to tell me they were young, especially the kids. Um, so they, they kind of bounce back. They kind of accept it. You see, this thing of trust is a great thing. Mm -hmm. and, and if you have your kids and your family who, who kind of believes, nah, man, you know, the old man, he, he's been okay so far. So come, we trust him. Mm -hmm. And kids, I promise you, kids especially are resilient. They bounce back. Yes. It is the adults that you've got to watch out for, <laughs> you know, because often they are skeptical um, because we become complacent. We become set in our ways. We become spoiled with what we have. And now we've got to sacrifice. We've got to mm -hmm. like, you know, um, and therein lies the challenge. So what, yes. I, what, I, what I did, and I, and I still endeavor to do is that when there's a great windfall, when there's a great win, mm -hmm. um, you share that victory with those who sacrificed with you first. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. so, so, so you've been in the, the, the sacrifice in the battle, in the war with me. Now you're in the victory with me and yes. you celebrate with me. So that's the kind of, you know, because there's a the kind of expectation Oh, we've sacrificed, we've been giving up. So, so when are we then going to bear the fruit? Mm -hmm. But yes. also to get them to understand that it, it is a journey. Uh, it's the, it's the like Simon Sinek who says that it's the infinite mindset. Okay. And it's not a temporary, that it's, you know, it's not, okay, now this is it, we have arrived. Mm -hmm. We are constantly moving, getting better, growing. So, what we might perceive as a, a victory or the point of uh, arrival. It's not necessarily that it's just another milestone. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Um, so you gave some incredible advice there about, you know, what, um, getting their trust. Do you have some, some insight or can you say, share some insight about how you recommend people, um, develop that trust with the spouses or the kids, if they are planning to make a major move like this? Oh, my friend, it's, it's not a time to develop the trust when you decide mm -hmm. to, to make the move. At that time, like I said, you must have established yourself so, mm -hmm. as, as someone trustworthy, credible, especially um, in the eyes of those closest to you. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. You can't ask someone to trust me if they could never trust you before. Yes. You yes, know? Yes, yes, yes. So um, otherwise you're on your own. Mm-hmm. You, you, you're really on your own. Like I said, people don't buy into your, your ventures. People don't buy into your proposals. They don't buy into product or your service. They buy into you. Yes. So, so who are you, man? How do mm-hmm. we know you? Who, yeah, what, what is it about you that makes me feel okay? Mm-hmm. It is that thing that makes me decide whether I'm going to walk with you, buy, listen to you, or support you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks for that advice. And then um, you mentioned there about the infinite mindset, okay, which is also obviously very valuable. Um, but can you tell us about a bit about the milestones that you re- you've reached or the challenges that you've reached? Um, and then you obviously, and how you overcame those along the way. Because I think that after, that was only the first challenge <laughs> of oh, many <yeah>. more. <laughs> yeah, you know what, if, um, it, it's John Maxwell that says, if you ask me about my successes, I can keep you here for uh, maybe a few hours. If you ask mm-hmm. me about my failures, we'll need a week or so. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the challenges initially was to, to, to fight this temptation to take a, a, a job in the meantime, you know, I've made the transition. So, mm-hmm. okay, you know, while I'm building this business, what, let me take something in the meantime, mm-hmm. just to top up the, the shortfall and, and make sure that I've got an income because your, your whole financial spectrum also changes. And that was a challenge to me because you still had household expenses and, 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 mm-hmm. and the money is getting low. Um, and there's always a temptation of, am I, why don't you start this in the meantime? Yeah. Why don't you just like, you know, try, I remember my, my best friend at the time, he, he said, or asked me, why don't you just get your fidelity fund certificate? <laughs> you know, every year renew that so that in the meantime, when there's a bail application or where there's legal, you can just do that. Yes. And, and, and I just stood, I said, no, I'm not going to, you see, Kyle, I had to, at that time, I had to decide whether I'm going to have a plan B mm-hmm. or make my plan A, my A plan. Yes. You see, so, so I was, persistent i was persuaded i was convinced and determined that my my plan a was going to be my a plan yes there's no plan b there's no turning back because mm-hmm. it's an indication that i don't have confidence faith or hope or trust mm-hmm. in myself in that i have the ability to pull this off or to follow it through so that was a challenge and um at some point very early after the transition i I gave in, I submitted to someone's request just to come and help him with an NGO uh, for a while. But I tell you, I was totally miserable. Okay. Um, I, I was totally miserable. The only good thing that came, well, not the only good thing, but one of the best things that came out of that um, time with him was that NGO, <laughs> they, they, they paid, well, I had to repay them, but they, they afforded me the opportunity to go in attend a a conference with with Stephen Covey when wow. he visited South Africa. Yeah. 
Well, it, they didn't care where I was going. I, I just had to ask them for the money in the meantime. <laughs> and then, yeah, okay. so that was one of the good things. But while I was there, it was terrible. There was just no click. There was no synergy because I, I was out of my depth in that it wasn't where I was supposed to be, yes. where I was supposed to be. So I just find my way back to where I was supposed to be gradually and never turn back again. Okay. And what you, what so you mentioned, that, sorry, what you mentioned there, we can sorry, touch on no, it. That's good. <laughs> yeah. What you mentioned there about the challenge, um, the fact that you focused on your plan and you didn't split your, your focus or your attention to think about a backup plan because you said, this is it. I'm going all in. And um, tell me, obviously there were times because if you are tempted to take a job, Okay, um, there were times where you were doubting yourself and your ability to actually make this work. Tell me how you actually stepped up into that game in a daily, how you actually created a daily belief that I'm going to do this and I'm not going to, to accept the plan B or think about a plan B or a backup plan. This is what I'm doing. How did you create that where every single day I am going to make this work? You see, Carl, when there are two things in life that pushes you and drives you, that's all you need. Mm -hmm. um, one is, you know, you start a journey and you start believing, ah, I've got this, I've got this, until reality hits you. Yes. And tell you, nah, Denzel, nah, bro, you haven't got this. And you, you, you become tired, you become despondent, and then you have the two things that I referred to. Number one, your kids, well, in my case, who have these expectations of you being successful, you persevering, mm -hmm. you not giving up because you've taught them it's not about quitting. Okay, mm -hmm. that's the one thing. And then you have other people who believe in you more than what you believe in yourself. Yes. And you don't want to disappoint them because I remember lying on a couch one day and I had a friend and she said, look at you. What, what's wrong? I said, no, I'm tired. This, this, no, this is, uh, I'm, I'm even close to getting depressed here. And she said, you know what? Uh, and uh, uh, she said, just get your shit together. There's no other way I can put it. That's just what she said. Mm -hmm. Look at you. You've got all these books. You've got all these resources and you have it within you to do this. Yes. And that is what and that is what got me getting up and sitting up again and say, okay, let's do this. Because you do get tired on the on the way. And um having mentioned those two factors, it brought me to a place, and I'm still a great believer, I'm still a great believer in that. You always have to consider your why. Why did I sign up mm -hmm. for this? What is it that made me want to do this in the first place? Okay. So besides that external expectations and the belief of others in you, there's that internal drive of purpose. Okay. Why is it? And that has been my compass. That has been my North Star all along. Why have I signed up for this? What is it that made me switch from practicing law to mm -hmm. doing what I'm doing now? Okay. And how did you, yes, you had the why, but how did you maintain that motivation to follow through day through each and every day, even though you maybe weren't getting the results that you wanted? Um, for example, like you said that, yes, you knew the why, why you switched your career and you have to make this work because you have people um, 
you have your family you um, who's expecting you to, to succeed you have some friends but how did you how did you daily because sometimes even that cannot be enough okay and even our wise of course not but of course how, not like what was a daily practice or some sort of thing that made you every single day you get back into that state into that zone that you know that this is Denzel this is what I'm doing this is what I'm about this is my story and I'm going to create it if there was any so, so what I've what I've come to learn in the early ages, at the early age of my my career or my calling, as I would like to to look at it, is that everything that I'm getting, mm-hmm. I cannot contain it as if I am a reservoir. Okay. You know, I've got to let it go and flow into the lives of others like a river. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and when I started giving. And when I started sharing my newfound knowledge, my, my newfound experiences mm-hmm. with others, when I started sharing that and you consider the impact and the result that it has on their lives, yes. then it is like, wow, I, I, I'm born for this. This is what I'm about. Mm-hmm. So you measure your, your success by the success of others or your impact on their lives. You, you get your encouragement by those little victories mm-hmm. because when you sit with 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 money for example and you sit you're holding on to that money yes. it will just be money it will just be a commodity until you spend or you invest it in a house in a vehicle and you get to enjoy the the, the pleasure of driving or living or yes. on that holiday then you appreciate having spent having um you know so so this is the thing when you see the impact of what you're doing or saying in the lives mm-hmm. of others therein lies my personal not just victory my inspiration okay awesome. so so daily daily i started at a very young age of my career to start sharing mm-hmm. the newfound insights and lessons that i've learned and so when people lean in and they nod and they say like, wow, thank you so much. Then I knew, no, this is it. Okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. Like you said, that you found a form of daily practice that helped you uh, maintain that motivation. And um, it was through sharing your knowledge, through share, sharing your wisdom and insights. And you could see that it's making a difference in other people's lives. And because you loved helping people, it uh, provided you with some form of um, achievement in a, in a way or fire to keep going and that's awesome just to to understand that you know what sometimes we are going to face the, the difficult parts of our journey um, especially when we're shooting for a big goal or something that um, it's out of our reach and now you have to find a way to ensure that you are always in alignment with that that somehow you're always sparking that that motivation, that why, like you say, you're always reminding yourself of what you're doing and why you're doing it. So um, really incredible advice. And then tell me, Denzel, what is one, one of your, your top, your top um, piece of advice you would give to anybody who, who is in a, in a place right now where they maybe don't like what they are doing, where they're feeling trapped, where they're feeling stuck, uh, where they're not feeling fulfilled. If you are enjoying this episode, and would like some practical tips that you can use daily to thrive, then head over to coachedsuccess.com forward slash thrive and download our five daily tips to thrive. That is coachedsuccess.com 
forward slash thrive. Now let's get back to the episode. Your question was, what is the advice to someone who's stuck or would like to make a change? The first thing is there must be a desire for change. You must be uncomfortable to the point where you, you really can't or don't want, you don't want to be mm-hmm. where you are anymore. You, you're totally unhappy with the status quo. You, there, there must be a desire a desire for change. That's the one thing. Because we, we, we often find ourselves at a place where you don't really want to be, but you also don't know where you want to be. Yes. And it becomes totally uncomfortable. It becomes unbearable to the point of frustration and, 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 and misery sometimes. So there must be a desire to change. Secondly, there must be a commitment mm-hmm. to yourself that I'm committing to myself. I'm doing this for myself. So I'm committing yes. to myself that I'm going to change. So one is the desire, it's the commitment. And from there you'll find the willingness, you know, okay, let me step out. Yes. And the, 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 the other thing I want to say is that in the transition, be patient and be kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, know exactly or immediately what it is that you want to do. Mm-hmm. So the desire, the commitment, the willingness, and then find time to get to know yourself. Okay. Get to know who you are. Get to know your strengths. Get to know your passions. Yes. Get to know um, the one question that I always ask is, what is it that you really, really want to do, even if you don't get paid for it? Yes. You know, mm-hmm. ask yourself those questions. Get to know yourself. Yes. Because you've got to, oh, I like this. You've got to know yourself in order to grow yourself. Wow. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Beautiful. You 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 can't you can't say um I've got a, a headache and then you put a plaster on your knee. Yes. You've got to, okay, I know it's a headache. I know myself. I know this is a headache. Therefore, I can take the medication for a headache. Yes. You know, so I know this is the area that I struggle in. Therefore, I need to get the resources and the help to make me grow in that area. Yes. Okay. So that's a, that's a concept that I, that I believe in. You've got to know yourself in order to grow yourself. So don't be, don't be in a hurry to mm-hmm. find your vocation, your calling, your Get to know and what are you passionate about and what are you good at doing? What is your skill or your gift? Mm-hmm. Not what were you trained at university to do or what you, uh, no, what are you good at? So what do you love doing? Okay. Mm-hmm. What are you good at? And then of course, why is it that you want to do what you want to do? Okay. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, that's uh, really a bunch of amazing tips. Um, one thing I want to touch on is, there's two things I want to touch on firstly. Let's first look at the desire for change. What is a, what is a way that people can build that desire for change? Because you said you need to have a desire for change. Oh, no, you don't build, you don't build a desire for change. Mm-hmm. Ch- the, 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 the need or the desire for, the, the, the need for change finds you. Mm-hmm. 
We need to change fans. Um, okay. People, people change after they know enough. Mm -hmm. Once they know enough, uh, once they've suffered enough, mm -hmm. you know. Yes. And 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 once they 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 desire enough, like I say. So if you know stuff, mm -hmm. if you know stuff, then yes. you informed men. Then you become aware that no man, this is not good enough for me. Mm -hmm. If you have suffered through stuff, any traumatic mm -hmm. event, or or. You know, people been stabbing you in the back for years, or you just move, you're tired of suckling. If you have suffered enough, there comes a desire for change. Mm -hmm. Now, change is a beautiful thing. So, so change always leaves you with options. I say, Kyle, you know what? Once you know enough and you've suffered enough, you can now choose to change. Yes. That is that is where I say you 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 change voluntarily. Mm -hmm. Where you can plan and you can plot your journey. You can prepare yourself as to how you're going to. You can ease yourself into the change. Mm -hmm. But if you resist, in spite of the circumstances, if you resist, life is going to make you change. <laughs> okay? yes. Then you're going to have a, an intervention, an event in your life that's going to bring you to a place where you now have to surrender to change. Okay. Wow. That is where you that that is where you lose control. Mm -hmm. You lose control. You can't plan how you're going to change, what options you're going to take. You are now in not just surrendering. You are in survival mode. Yes. Oh no! I've got to get through this now. Oh my word! What am I going to do? I'm in a crisis. What am I? No, no! You've lost control. So you always have have a choice. Always have an option. Either you're going to sub, um, change voluntarily. Mm -hmm. And have control of the transition, or life is going to kick you in the butt where you find yourself where you have to change. Then you surrender. Then wow. you lose control. Always your choice. That's incredible. Um, really incredible. Um, I love that. And then one final final thing I wanted to ask you is about um, your time practicing as a as an attorney. How did that? How did all that skills and experience help you? In your new journey, because I'm sure there are people listening in right now thinking that, oh my word, he just spent more than a decade of his life um, as an attorney. And now he decided to just leave that all behind him. But can you give us an indication of how you've used those experiences, or skills or lessons in the new chapter of your life? Firstly, relationships, okay? Mm -hmm. Practicing as an attorney always involves people and relationships. So the first thing that, well, I can say just happened for me because I, I'm a people's person. I like yes. people or, or let me say I value people, mm -hmm. you know, so I'm strong on relationships. So be nice. That was the one thing mm -hmm. I, even now I, I, I can say, and I say this humbly that if I walk into a courtroom in Weinberg, Cape Town and the the magistrates and judges are still in those areas. I still have good relationships with them. They still yes. kind of like me. I still, so it's, it's about relationships. Mm -hmm. Secondly, communication. Yes. Communication. Just because you're saying a lot of stuff doesn't mean that you are effective in your communication. Mm. Yes. People don't just have to, to hear you. They've got to get you. They've got to understand you. They've got to mm -hmm. feel you. So both as an attorney 
and as a coach now communication is key mm -hmm. and of course finally it's about valuing people mm -hmm. let people know that they matter so both whilst practicing as an attorney mm -hmm. and now that has always been my thing yes you know now that i'm i'm, I'm, I'm practicing or serving as a coach I can just enjoy it more freely. People matter. I can let them know that they matter. Yes. So that's important. That's very important to me. So it's that thing. It's relationships. Be nice, man. Let, just be nice pe with people. Let people like you. Yes. Okay. Communicate clearly and effectively mm -hmm. and value people. Okay. Awesome. Um, Denzel, I would like to thank you for your time that it took out. Um, to jump on the call with me and share your insight, your journey, um, the challenges that you faced and how you transitioned from an attorney to helping people realize that they matter. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. An absolute, absolute pleasure, my friend. Um, and thank you for inviting me. I, I appreciate that because I know being a international personality like you you connected and you could have asked anybody you could have just asked anybody the world is full of people doing what i'm doing so i appreciate it that you called my number and you made the connection thank you and i wish you well in your in your new fine found home there in the foreign land and keep on doing what you're doing Thank you for listening to this week's episode. This is a weekly podcast, so tune in every Monday to get your dose of inspiration that will help guide you in designing your version of an extraordinary life. This is Kyle Daniels, wishing you an amazing day. Stay winning.